Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. I want to talk to you today about sowing without giving up. Galatians 6, verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, underline that, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of God. We're continuing our series on sowing and reaping. We've talked about the importance of sowing to the Spirit. We've talked about the rewards that God has for those in store as we sow. But in the midst of the journey, in the midst of sowing, at times we can grow tired and weary. In the midst of sowing and doing the right thing, there are times whenever we can become overwhelmed and we can lose heart. And I've noticed that this applies to all areas of our life and all areas of the vision that God has placed on our hearts. Perhaps God has given you a vision for a better marriage. And so you've set your heart to see that come to pass in your home and you begin to pray and you begin to seek God. You begin to spend time in the word with your spouse, maybe with your husband. You ask your husband, honey, will you pray with me? Will you read the word with me? And you begin to set aside time for you guys to be together and to have date nights and those things. And as you do those things, you begin to control your tongue. You begin to obey what the word says about honoring your husband or husbands understanding your wife and being kind and treating her as the weaker vessel or as a precious gift. You begin to do those things and in the midst of doing the good things, things don't always work out the way that we think they should. Perhaps as a wife you begin to pray for your marriage and instead of things get better, they get worse. Instead of your husband having more patience, he becomes less patient. Perhaps in the midst of it, you begin to throw up your hands and say, is things ever going to change? I'm sowing to the spirit and I don't see anything changing. Instead of him being kinder or gentler, he becomes more grumpy and more angry, more frustrated. There's other areas where maybe you're sowing to the spirit and you grow weary in that. Perhaps God's given you a vision to see your family saved. And so once again, you begin to talk with them. You begin to take time to share with them, maybe a brother or a sister or a relative or a niece or a nephew. And you start sharing with them the gospel and take time for them and you pray for them and you fast. You do everything that you think you know to do. And in the midst of it, they seem to keep going further and further and further away from God. There's other areas that we could look at as a pastor. God has given me a vision for our church and for your lives. Not only do I want to see multiple services packed each week with people who are hungering and thirsting after God. I have a vision of whenever people walk in that the presence of God is so heavy here. It's so heavy here. You can't leave unaffected by his presence. That as people come in, the presence of God, that conviction will fall upon people and they'll begin to weep over their sins and over their uncleanness and they'll call out to God and ask God to forgive them. That as people come in, they'll be convicted of sin and they'll just come to the altars and confess it to God. That as people come into this place, 
that they would be overwhelmed by the grace of God. And there'd be something about this property and this house that as people come in, those who are hopeless begin to think, wow, maybe things can change for me. Those who are controlled by strongholds or addictions or powers of darkness in their lives, that as they come in and walk through the doors, that the presence of God just breaks those things off of them. And they leave changed by the power of God, not by man's touch, but by an encounter with the Holy God. We have a vision of seeing your whole row. We have a vision to see that. You've got dad and brothers who need the Lord. Can you see the whole row filled with dad and his brothers and his mom and his family, the rest of his relatives and nieces and nephews who are with their hands raised, tears running down their faces, thanking God for saving them, thanking God for setting them free. That's the vision that we have for us as a church and for you. Our vision goes beyond just you and me. It goes further than that. It goes to our family and our friends. We long to see the gifts of the Spirit released here at Lighthouse as your sons being used in the gifts of the Spirit. Where your children... Can you imagine as a mom what it would be like to see your son or your daughter even as teenagers and young people laying hands on the sick and seeing God's spirit move through them and people are healed because your child prayed for them. Not when they get 40 years old, when they're 12 and 13. We have a vision to see your children, the gifts of the spirit being poured out on your children. The word of God declares to us that your sons and daughters will prophesy. This is not a man-made dream. This is not some kind of pipe dream. This is a God-given vision that your sons and daughters would prophesy. Imagine seeing the children in our church, the Spirit of God flowing through them. Because the Word says that to be coming to the kingdom, we have to come as a child. And the reality of it is that God desires to flow. The Holy Spirit is not child-sized and adult-sized doses. Full power. And God desires to have his spirit flow through your children and see the young people and the children of our churches used in the gifts of the spirit, hearing them share the gospel with their friends. The vision to see a church where people practice what we preach. You see, our faith is not lived out here at these altars. Our faith is lived out on the job whenever nobody else is watching. Our faith is lived out whenever you slam your fingers in the car door and no one else is around. That's where our faith is lived out on the day-to-day things. That people can come up into our homes or come around us at any time and that we live such lives that we never have to be ashamed. We live in such a way that people see the glory of God radiating out of you. That's our vision for Lighthouse. Not that just things happen at the altar. It's great when they happen here. But we're to take that out into the community, into our homes and into our workplaces and into our social settings, wherever we go, that people cannot help but be affected by the presence of God that rests upon us. We want to see our ministries grow. We want to see that food bank feeding hundreds and hundreds of people. We want to see it so big that we got to knock down the walls. We want to see that ministry grow and so that as people come in, we have the chance not only to feed their physical body, but to feed their soul. Because, you know, when people are hurting and in need, 
oftentimes they're open to receive the gospel. They're looking to receive. I need some answers. And we believe that as the church of Jesus Christ, we have the answers. We have those answers. Tobin want to see whenever Tobin and the soul patrol goes out. We want to see them going out under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. That people chase them down the street and says, hey, give me another one of those. Where people are, their lives are touched by the power of the Spirit. For our youth for our, and the others who work in our youth ministry. We want to see the Spirit of God flowing through them. That, as, that room would just have to be expanded because there's so many teenagers who are being touched by God and being saved and being used of God, and they're bringing their friends. We want to see, we believe that God wants to do that through you all. God's given us a vision much more than that. See people going forth from here, sharing what God has done in their lives, sharing the gospel wherever they go. I want to see it in our church, God's given me this vision for our church, that whenever you offer a prayer request... Whenever you speak a prayer request here in this building, that the demons of hell begin to shake because they know that this is a place that touches the throne of God. That you know that that instead of what prayer requests are answered, that we be, well, wow, we get amazed at two or three or four or five answered requests, but that every time we pray, That God, somehow, that God would pour out his spirit and we would have a direct line to his throne. That as we pray, that we would have this assurance that when we pray, that we would see God touching men and women's hearts and their lives. Desire to see new ministries started that would reach our community. The thing is, is they haven't started yet because it hasn't come to maturity. The things that God has put in your heart. Some of you have gone through very difficult things. Some of you have, you've learned some things the hard way. Some of you have experienced pain and grief and sorrow and suffering. And those things aren't to be wasted. Those things that God puts upon your heart where you say, boy, I'm so glad that someone was there for me. Those times aren't to be wasted. Those burdens that God has placed within your heart, that's going to turn into a ministry and it's going to grow. And God's going to use your sorrow and your grief and your pain and that experience that you went through as a means of touching somebody else. The vision for a new sanctuary where we can for a very short time all worship together, but only for a very short time. Because our desire is that God would reach out into our community that there's so many who are lost and without him. I don't want to ever become comfortable where we say, well, we're taken care of. We filled up our one sanctuary. No, there's so many people in our community who are without him. And that God would bring them in. That you would be the tool that he uses to bring in the harvest. I told you before, I envisioned a children's ministry and an area, indoor play area for your kids. Kind of like they have at Chick-fil-A, where after service, your kids could go out there and go down the slide jump around and play in there and have it soundproof. That would be soundproof. So after service, they could go out into a foyer, into an area connected with the, with the children's ministry area. And when they come in, that would be one of the things they get to do, give them 10 minutes of playing and having fun. But then when they get into the time of worship and praise, that they would seek him with all their heart. And then afterwards, whenever you guys are sitting around talking, they would have a place to fellowship. In the midst of vision that God gives us, there's times that we grow weary. 
And what the scripture tells us is this. The first part I want to say to you is don't get too relaxed. Don't get too relaxed. Paul tells the Galatians not to grow weary and well-doing. It means literally don't be relaxed in well-doing. It's stronger than be not weary. Weary of well-doing refers to the will. In other words, he tells them to faint not. Or by your will, don't give up and get tired. By your will, don't give in. The reality of it is, is when we're doing something good and we don't see the answers or the results that we want to see as quickly as we want to see them, oftentimes there is this temptation for us to quit or give up or just to take it easy for a while. I've been working hard. I've been working hard. I want to take it easy for a while. Paul tells the Galatians, that's not for you. And it's spoken to us today. Now's not the time for us to take it easy. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians 3.13, he says, And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. Never get tired of doing the right thing. There are some times when we want to relax and quit sowing. There's a question that says, Why should I keep on sowing? I'm not seeing much of a difference. When we don't see results, we're tempted to quit. And we're tempted to take it easy and relax. But Paul told the Galatians not to grow weary because they would reap a harvest. Let me say this to you. As you begin to seek God, some of you have set your heart to know God in a greater way. And you begin to fast and you begin to pray and you begin to deny yourself. You you just begin to take your flesh under control and to say no to your flesh. And in the midst of that, sometimes you don't immediately get what you're asking for. Okay? You don't immediately see results. Some of you begin to fast and pray for your kids. You begin to pray for a move of the Holy Spirit. And you're in the prayer room and you're seeking God. And you're in your house and you're seeking God. And sometimes after a period of time, if you don't see the results that you want to see, there's this temptation within our hearts that says, why don't you take it easy for a while? Paul says, don't do that. Now is not the time for you to give up. Now's not the time for you to grow weary. Now's not the time for you to stop. Why? Because you're going to reap a harvest if you do not give up. But when am I going to reap a harvest? That's a fair question to ask. When am I going to reap it? Well, the answer is given to us here in Scripture. It says, at the proper time. When am I going to reap a harvest? At the proper time. Now, I don't know about you. You've heard this saying, I've said it to you before, that people say, God's always on time. Well, I don't mean to be sacrilegious or disrespectful or anything like that. But if his clock and my clock are the same, he's not always on time. And have you had that experience? God may have been late. But I thank God that we're not going by my timetable. It says, at the proper time. The reaping will come at God's proper time. Once again, I don't see the whole picture. And my idea of what time it is and God's idea of what time it is can be two completely different things. 
If you are using your timetable as the standard that you live by, chances are you will experience disappointment. Chances are, and not chances are, let me tell you the reality is you will be disappointed at times. Anyone here never had God? Never had to wait? Never wanted things earlier than what God answered? Most of us have probably had that experience at one time or another. But it says, at the proper time, the reaping will come at God's time. And it may only be in part in this life. It may find its fulfillment in the life to come. We worry a lot about time. But what if God would say to you, not now? Would you allow him to say that? Would you allow God to say to you, now's not the time? A delay does not mean no. I want you to hear that. A delay does not mean no. Because God delays... It doesn't mean he's saying no. He's not going to bring that to pass. But will you allow God to be sovereign in your life? And instead of getting all anxious and worried and frustrated and angry and disappointed, can we trust God to be over time? Can we trust him to say when he brings the harvest to pass? Part of maturing is being able to delay gratification. You notice that babies, it's very hard for a baby to wait very long. It's very hard for a child to wait very long. Perhaps you've seen this. A parent says no to their child. And the kid throws himself on the floor and starts bawling. Like they say, can I have mommy? It starts when they're little. You know, you understand that a little bit when they're a one-year-old or a two-year-old. You, you kind of you understand they want their way. And, but it, does it do good for a child for you to always give them their way? They don't understand it, though, do they? We understand that it doesn't do a child good to give them their way all the time. There's something about that they need to see or learn. We realize this, that when you give your child their way all the time, you end up producing a brat. And in the end, it hardens them. The older they get, the less prepared for life that they are. Sometimes we can ruin people by doing too much for them, by making life too easy on them. It it seems kind of hard. It seems kind of harsh. But you know what? Hard times actually build character and strength. Difficulties and trials actually build character within us. It creates in us things that we desperately need. None of us like them, at least not very much. And yet, if a person never has to wait, if they never have to to be inconvenienced, you create a monster. As we talk about that, so God says that at the proper time, you're going to reap at the proper time. It doesn't mean that the minute that you sow, that you're going to reap. It doesn't mean that God has to explain to you when you're going to reap. But it says at the proper time, at God's choosing, when God says it is best, you'll reap. The harvest is promised. The third point, the harvest is promised not to everybody, 
Did you ever go to a, a place and uh, play a game and everybody's a winner? Everybody's a winner. Everyone who plays is a winner. I want to just be honest with you. In real life, that's not the way it is. In the kingdom of God, that's not the way it is. To him who overcomes, Jesus said, I'll give the right. To him who overcomes, to the one who quits, not to the one who acts like a big baby, not to the one who cries all the time, but to him who overcomes. It's a promise from God that you will reap if you faint not. If only we could see the big picture. My vision, although I may think I have, with with my contacts in, I have 20-20 vision. However, my vision is limited by drywall, by studs, by doors. Although I may think that I have 20-20 vision, I can only see about 50 feet back that way, 15 feet that way, maybe 18 feet this way. That's all the further that I can see. And yet we make judgments about life. And we make, in our mind, we come up with solutions and answers to things that we can't see the whole picture. I want to assure you of this, that God is looking down upon us. He sees the past. He sees the present. He sees the future. God can be trusted. He can be trusted with our lives. That he knows what he has for us in the future. And he knows what he is doing in our lives. The word says that we'll reap if we faint not. I wonder how many times we've settled for second best. Because we grow weary in it. I wonder how many times we've missed out on God's best. That God says I was, it was raining right there at the door. You were right at the threshold. And in the midst of it, because... You grew tired because in your will, you said, I don't see things changing. I don't see another way out. So I'm going to take this in my flesh and I'm going to make the most of it. Remember that Abram did that. God had promised him a child with Sarah and he took Hagar and he said, I don't see another way out. I'll step in. I'll take care of this. It was a child of the flesh. I wonder how many children of the flesh that you and I have. Things where we've stepped in, where God said, I have this for you, but you have to endure. I have this for you, but you have to, you got to man up. You got to put on, I said in the first service, you got to put on some big boy pants. You know, with our children. There's, There's a time, there's a time for them to wear the diapers. And then it's a time for them to grow up and put on big boy pants and big girl pants. And the reality of it is, is as believers, there's a time for us to grow up. And nobody wants to hear it, but I'm telling you, it makes you a better person. It allows you to experience the blessings and favor of God as we grow up in the Lord and as we're willing to wait upon him. The reality of it is this. God has us in training. And I want you to know this. This is an assurance. That he will at times... Ask more of you than we think we're able to endure. I said there are times that God will ask more of you than what you think you're able to endure. And have you experienced that? You don't have to raise your hand. There's probably some of you who right today would say, Pastor, this year God's been asking more of me than what I'm able to endure. In my own strength, in my own abilities, you're absolutely right. But let me tell you this. 
God will push you further than you thought possible. As he trains you and as he disciplines you and as he makes you the man or woman after his heart, at times he will push you further than you thought possible. It's a lot like the military training. When they have finished, your feet are sore, your back is sore, every muscle in your body aches, but you realized you're able to do much more than you ever thought possible. We got a few guys who were Marines here. They know that the training they experienced, they pushed them further than they ever thought. But what does it do for a person? It shows them, it convinces them, I can do things I never thought I could. This lie, see, the enemy wants to keep us weak and flabby and spiritually flabby and, and spiritually defeated and think that we can't accomplish or do things. And God says, yes, you can. If you'll let me train you, If you'll let me discipline you, if you'll let me try you, I will show you that you can do things that you never thought was possible. There's a sense of accomplishment. I'm going to tell you something else. There's a sense of pride and accomplishment when you've gone through the test, when you've gone through the fire. And once again, your legs are wiped out, your back, your arms, you're just exhausted. But when you didn't quit, There's a sense of fulfillment. There's a sense of satisfaction. There's a sense of significance that God brings. And that same thing is true in the spiritual realm, is whenever you've been able to say, I've stood the test. Now, here's what the word says. The enemy wants you, he wants you to think that you can't finish. He wants you to think that you can't go any further, that you don't have the capability, that you're weak, that you're inadequate. He wants to keep putting those things in your mind. And every time you quit sowing to the Spirit, that just proves to him, see, I told you so. He wants to keep making those accusations against you. But the word says this, that we're not to grow weary in well-doing, that we're not to quit, that we're not to faint, even though we're tired and even we feel like we're wiped out. Why? Because his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. His strength. Wait, pastor, you mean where I'm weak, he's strong? Absolutely. You mean where I can't do it, his power is available in my life? Absolutely. And what he's waiting for is us to press on, to press beyond what you're able to do in yourself right now and to go into an area where it's supernatural. And the only way we're going to get through this, if I hold on to God. And if God comes through, and what you'll find is as we press through those barriers, we find the reality that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. That God is able to do, the word says, exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. That he's created us for good works. And so the the, the word calls us that there are times that we can press through and do more for God in his kingdom than what we ever thought possible. Breaking barriers that always stood there. How? By perseverance. So many of those barriers, friends, are in your mind. So many of those walls that you have set up are in your mind, and that's the only place they are. God didn't say them. God didn't put them there. There's those imaginary things where you say, I can't go any further than this. And God says, absolutely, you can. I can't try any harder. Oh, yes, you can. Why? Because his spirit is alive within us. Here's where we're coming to a close. With God's help, you can do more and you can go further than you ever thought was possible 
So our verse once again says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. At God's timing, not my timing, at God's perfect time. God sees the whole picture. He has a time. How many of you have ever had to wait for something? You know what I found? There's things in my life that I waited a very long time for. The things that come like this, I don't really value. I don't know about you. Maybe you do. Maybe you're a whole lot more spiritual than me. But the things that come so easy, I don't value. Some of those things that we've waited for, some of those things that we've never thought would come to pass, when God brings them to pass, there's this, still this sense, even though they may have happened years ago, when you look at it and you say, that's God. Nah. Every time you look at it, you say, that's God. That's God. I know. That's not me. That wasn't hard work. That wasn't diligence. That's God. God did that in my life. God provided that. God came through. And it's a testimony of his grace that that's God at work. We don't take the credit for it. It's God at work within us. As we come to our close, it says, and then therefore, because of this, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, but especially those who belong to the family of believers. Some of you have been sowing. You've been sowing prayers. You've been interceding on behalf of your family. And there's times where you go weary in that. Some of you, you've refused to respond in the flesh. The flesh tells you to respond this way. Take it into your own hands. Take care of it. And you refuse to do that. Some of you, the Holy Spirit has put upon your heart to serve in an area of ministry. And you faithfully serve. But in the midst of serving, there's times where you say, man, doing the right thing is so hard. I've told you this a thousand times before. It's not near as hard as doing the wrong thing. Initially, it's much easier to do the wrong thing. In the long run, it's much harder whenever we serve the flesh, when we do the wrong thing. But this is what I want to talk to you. Let's kind of bring this home here. Maybe there's somebody here who you're just tired. You're just, maybe tired's not the word. You say, I'm exhausted. And if I let what my mind tells me to do, my mind tells me that I don't have to keep pressing. Why should I keep pressing? I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. I'm not seeing things change like I want to see it. Some of you in your marriages, in your marriages, you're trying to do the right thing. Some of you in your walk with God, you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to obey God. You're trying to honor God. And in the midst of that, God's not giving you all the things that you want right away. He's not answering all of your prayers. And there's this tendency within us, and I'll tell you it's from, it's from the enemy. He wants you to give up. He wants you to say, this is too hard. He wants you to say, why? Why are you denying your flesh? He wants you to say, why are you keeping your mouth shut? Just speak up and tell him whatever you want to say. Why are you trying to control the desires of your flesh? Just do whatever you want. There's times where we can become weary in doing good. And friends, you don't know, but you might be right on the threshold of a breakthrough. Right on the threshold. I know this for sure. 
I know that God's not playing games with you. He's not some kind of puppet master trying to torture you and see how much you can take. He is trying to conform you into the image of his son. So today, you get to make a decision. Are you going to allow his strength to be made perfect in you? Are you going to allow him to empower you to keep going on and to keep selling? You know, as a pastor, some days, can I just be honest? Some days when things don't go the way I think they should, it's a little disappointing. Some days it's a lot disappointing. Some days you look at yourself and you say, what am I doing? Any of you ever have those days? But I'm going to tell you something. He promised me something. You watch. Watch what he does. Because I'm not going to quit. We told you a couple weeks ago, if we look at things in the midst of this moment, this picture in time, you'll give up. His promise is that if you keep sowing and keep doing good, that in due time, at God's appointed hour, we're going to reap a harvest. If what? If we faint not. Not everybody's a winner in this game. Some people lose big time. I believe that I'm with a group of people. And here's the principle. You don't lose. Our race is not against everybody else. We run our own race. You don't lose if you don't give up. If you don't quit. If you keep pressing on and you keep sowing that seed, you may be out of breath. Your feet may be blistered. You may be dragging yourself. You may be falling down from exhaustion. And each time you get up, you throw another seed. There's a harvest day coming for you, my friend. And it's one of those things that, in my life, what I've experienced is those things that were so, that seemed to come so long, the days that they came when God brought them, you stand there and you're just like, remember what David said? David said, who am I, Lord? Who's my family that you would consider me? And whenever God comes through and brings that harvest into your life and your grandkids are prophesying. When your children are seeking God with all their hearts, when your husband or your wife turns their heart to God, you stand back and you look and you say it was worth every bit of it. So I want to just give you a a prayer and then I'm going to open up the altars. Lord Jesus, I pray for those who are weary right now. The enemy would want to speak into their lives and tell them now's the time to give up and now's the time for them to quit. But I know that's not what your spirit says. Your spirit says to them, press on. Your spirit says, you can. Your spirit says that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so, Lord, we pray today in this place that there'd be some people who rise up. If we could see in the the reality of where things are, Lord, Maybe some of them are just laid down alongside the road and just ready to give up. Maybe there's some who are going, but they're stumbling and falling. But God, I just thank you that your word says that to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, that's where the prize goes to, Lord. So Lord, I just want to pray that you would touch the hearts of your people. 
that they would not grow weary, that in their mind they wouldn't say it's not worth it, but that you would speak the truth to them and that they would say it, they would speak to their self, they would speak to their flesh, they'd speak to their mind, their emotions. Say it again and again, you're going to reap a harvest if you don't faint. You're going to reap a harvest if you don't faint. You're going to reap a harvest if you don't faint. Lord, I pray that around these altars you would do something supernatural. I pray that we would exchange our human efforts and our human desires for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that we'd exchange our weakness for your strength, and that we'd find it made perfect in our lives. More than enough. In the name of Jesus.